Welcome back to Apologetics for Tweens. This is Tom Griffin. In this discussion, we're going to move into a new block of topics related to other religions. And could they be true? Let's start with the first one to review. Could Islam be true? Let's pray. Lord, thank you for how you bless us all each day. I pray that everyone who needs to hear this message will find it and that it will lead them to the truth and a deep belief in you that they can maintain for life. Amen. So far in our plan to show how Christianity is true, we discussed the following key topics. What is truth? And then evidence that points to God, including the creation of the universe, the creation of first life, the fine-tuning of the universe, and the moral argument. Then we talked about how do we know the, reliable, uh, the Bible is reliable? Because it was written early and close to the events, we have an abundance of thousands of copies to reconstruct what the originals were. The accuracy comparison across the manuscripts is perhaps up to 99%. And the so-called errors that critics claim are grammatical and copying errors. Scribal edits are noted in the margins or in your footnotes, but insignificant. And the authors told the truth because they disclosed many embarrassing details. And finally, Jesus claimed to be God and proved to be God. Do you now agree with me that we have sufficient evidence to show Christianity is most likely true? I hope so, friends. And then there were other topics of interest related to God and the Bible that I hope you found worthwhile. Today we're going to dive into a new category of some summaries of the major world religions. As far as the answer to the question, could other religions be true? No, they can't, because based on the universal law of non-contradiction, opposites cannot both be true. And in all the core doctrine, they teach opposites. So if we have enough evidence to show that Christianity is true, and we do, and just did show it, then other religions cannot be true because they teach opposites. But even so, let's take a look at each individually anyway and show further reason why each has their own issues. There are several scriptures to help us determine if other religions could be true. One scripture that I like to use that shows what to make of some of the other religions is from Galatians 1 verse 8, where Paul says, But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preached to you, let them be under God's curse. Then there's 1 Timothy chapter 4 verse 1. In later times, some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. And then 2 Corinthians 11.4, For if someone comes and proclaims another Jesus than the one we proclaimed, or if you receive a different spirit from the one you received, or if you accept a different gospel from the one you accepted, you put up with it readily enough. Now the Apostle Paul was scolding them there. In this way, we already know that Islam and Mormonism, minimally, are problematic because both claim to originate from angels who preached a different gospel than the apostles. But for any other religions, we must always 
treat them with gentleness and respect. In many cases, the people are just not informed or knowledgeable about what we are teaching you, even about their own religion. In most cases, it might be cultural or a family influence or just misguided and deceptive teaching. It's not always willful and sometimes just naive and ignorant uh, or for reasons not of their own choosing. So let's think about this in the vein of helping them, not in make any, uh, making any arrogant statements about the truth of Christianity or disrespectfully. So what about Islam? Well, I could do half a dozen podcasts on Islam as I've studied it quite extensively, but these podcasts are summaries, so let me try to cover the main points about the religion and some issues of concern. Islam means submit, submit to Allah, their God. It does not mean peace, as many people continue to say. Now, according to tradition, the prophet Muhammad began preaching there is only one God in the A.D. late 500s and over a 22-year period of time had visions that were recorded that later became their holy scripture called the Quran. It began with a supposed first encounter with the angel Gabriel who told him to recite and then continually appeared over decades with visions for him to recite. Now, how does that compare with Galatians 1.8? It's supposedly an angel preaching a gospel different than the one the apostles taught. So, no, it's already not valid based on our scripture. Why is Islam important? It's the second largest religion in the world behind Christianity, with about 1.6 billion believers. It's important for that reason, but also that it teaches the exact opposite about Jesus. What's the goal of Islam? The goal is for their flag to fly over every country in the world. It's not just a religion, but it's also a political and governmental system. How did it develop? Well, it developed very slowly at first. In the early years, there were only a few followers of Muhammad, and those were relatives and family friends. He taught a message of peace and that there was but one God, Allah. But very few people really paid attention to him, and he was having trouble gaining followers. Then he had a vision from the angel Gabriel who told him it was okay to use force. From there, he raised a small group, began raiding caravans, and then used the money to attract more soldiers, and then began camping outside of villages one by one, giving them a demand to submit to Allah and Islam, pay a tax, or die. Islam grew through military control and conquered much of the Middle East and Europe at one time. It was due to force, not a wonderful teaching that caused most people to accept. What are their key beliefs? First, there is but one God, Allah, and Muhammad is his messenger. That's called the Shahada. When you make that statement, you're a Muslim. What is jihad? Jihad has two meanings, internal strife and also holy war. The many terrorists that follow Islam support holy war 
and a strict interpretation of Holy Scripture that follows what Muhammad did and attempts to make everyone believers in Islam or die. How is one saved? Mainly from good works. They say there's a jinn or a genie on each shoulder tracking your good deeds and bad deeds. If you have more good than bad at the end of life, then you're saved. But Allah makes the final decision and could override it. You also must follow the five pillars of Islam. Recite the Shahada, daily prayer, a period of fasting, a trip to Mecca, and giving to the poor. There is one other way, through death during a holy war fight. This is the only sure way, according to Islam, to be in paradise. Perhaps this is why many are willing to become suicide bombers. What is their view of Jesus? Jesus is the most important prophet, except for Muhammad. But Jesus is only a human, a prophet, and a teacher. They have a very high reverence for Jesus, but they do not believe he died on the cross, do not believe he was resurrected, and do not believe he was God. What historical information is available? This is somewhat of a problem. Mostly what is available is questionably put together and perhaps 150 years after Muhammad died. It's claimed reliable, but really only from traditions. There's almost no verification historically, even for the specific prophet Muhammad, who supposedly started it, or for Mecca, his place of origin, or for its holy scripture, the Quran. What about the Quran? In another set of documents that are also considered holy, called the Hadith, they're written by famous and revered imams, or their version of a minister, or a priest, or a cleric. In those, their own documents show the corruption of the Quran in its earliest stages of formation. In Bukhari 6, verses 509 and 510, their most revered cleric, Bukhari, mentions how the scriptures were corrupted from the beginning and eventually all the documents were burned and destroyed multiple times and then written again. What should we know about Muhammad? He's considered the greatest prophet and they believe he came to deliver the last updated message about God. He's an interesting figure from several standpoints. Although revered, he did not perform any miracles and never claimed to be God and was highly flawed. In fact, there are no prophecies by him at all. To be precise, some supposed miracles were added in the Hadith hundreds of years later to address this criticism, and the only supposed prophecy was a prediction of victory in a particular battle. It's likely he never knew how to read or write and had someone else record the visions from the angel Gabriel when they occurred. Islam started through a supposed vision of the angel Gabriel, but Muhammad initially thought he was being attacked by demons. He planned to kill himself, but when he discussed it with his wife, she convinced him he was specially chosen by Allah, and that influenced him to continue on. 
Do you think his first impression about an attack by demons was the correct one? You decide. He died and was buried and was not resurrected. He utilized gruesome tactics in battles and sent hundreds to thousands of women and children into slavery and beheaded and executed similar numbers of those he conquered in battle. The biography about him was written about 150 years after his death and records many of these travesties. But most Muslims have never read it. Neo-revisionist historians cannot link such a figure directly to Islam and the religion, so it's all based on tradition through Islam that their claims about him are made. What is their view of the Bible? They value and believe in King David and Abraham, the first five books and Psalms, and are told to trust the New Testament, which they call the Injil, but they believe it was given to Jesus, then corrupted along the way at some time by someone, but they cannot provide any evidence when or who did it. What's the current view from scholars about Islam? One problem is that Islam does not allow any form of criticism and calls it blasphemy. So you see very little criticism in public circles or even from scholars. But the neo-revisionist scholars, in other words, those historians researching currently to find roots and historical reliability on a variety of different topics, have this to say about Islam. It was likely not written in Arabic, as claimed, and was more likely put together from Christian Bible lessons, Bible stories, Greek mythology, and other stories of the day. Parts of it can only be translated using Syriac, which is an early form of Aramaic. Also, it was done, they believe it was done retroactively, perhaps in order to help the military that conquered much of the Middle East and Europe to form a government with a religion to support it so they could gain better control of the people. Also, Mecca, supposedly his origin, Muhammad's origin, was not on any map until hundreds of years after the supposed time of Muhammad and no historical data is on it at all until a similar time period hundreds of years later. There's no historical data at all to verify the actual prophet Muhammad was the one who started this particular religion, although there were many people named Muhammad at that time. And also, virtually all Bible scholars agree that Jesus died on the cross, so that's problematic. Now, what is the Islamic catch-22? Catch-22 is a phrase from um, an old classic, Catcher in the Rye, and presents a dilemma. So this is a simple way to know that Islam, unfortunately, cannot be true. Jesus, in the Bible, claimed to be God. You recall we had a podcast on this. There's no doubt about it. The Quran claims Jesus was not God, but rather a great prophet. Therefore, either Jesus was not a great prophet because he claimed he was God but wasn't, or he was a great prophet and was God, which they deny. So either way, Islam is false. My experience is that many Muslims don't know their own teaching. 
Their holy scriptures are in Arabic, but few actually read and speak that language. They learn from the imams, and whatever they are told, they must believe. The imams certainly never cover any of the negative things that cast doubt on Islam, Muhammad, or the Quran. But because they have a high reverence for Jesus, that's how we should try to reach them. Talk to them about who Jesus was and how we know that. I also highly recommend a book by Nabil Karishi called Seeking Allah, Finding Jesus. It's not only great information, but an enjoyable read. Until next time, friends, take care and be safe.